welcome back on the island for week number four of Survivor Season 39, Island of the Idols. I am your host, Taylor Gaines, back for yet another week to break down more Survivor action. This time, I am not sitting next to my good friend and my co-host in the same room. He's back across state lines, rolling with the tide or something. Boo. He cannot coherently communicate anything to anyone. It's Tyler B. Commons. You know, it's more like when I'm here, when I'm in the here and now, moments just reveal themselves to me. And boy, did this week reveal some moments. Boy, did it. (laughs) Uh, I really liked the idea of perception is reality. We talked about that a lot. And I feel like that played a big key role in this episode. But no spoilers. No spoilers just yet. Yeah, I thought Rob had a really interesting comment when our Island of the Idols visitor left the island this episode. And he said, wow, they're definitely perceptive, but I don't know if her perception is reality. (laughs) Something very astute about our good friend Nora, who visited the Island of the Idols this week. And we will talk plenty about her. We'll talk about the vote out, some of the game strategy that's been going on so far, and, you know, much more. Many more things to come. I think I think Rob and Sandra both had a solid episode. Well, I'll tell you out of the gate that this was my favorite episode since the premiere, and I think it was because there was so little of Rob and Sandra. And not <laughs> that I dislike them, but I just think this season has been so much better when we're spending time with the cast. And Mm -hmm. we only spent five minutes and 45 seconds with Rob and Sandra in this episode, which lowered their season percentage down to 17.9% so far. And I thought that was helpful. Yeah, it was really good. It wasn't um, an overly complicated task. Although uh, if you just tuned in this week, you might think it was overly complicated, but uh, it it was not. And all they had to do was say, hey, you're going to do this? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then just hilarity ensued yeah so this was one of my favorite survivor sequences in recent memory with nora's visit to island of the idols we've talked extensively about nora so far this season because i think she's probably been since elaine has faded after week one nora has been the runaway most entertaining tv character i would say yeah she's got she's got she's got personality i'll give her that there are a lot of things we can talk about with her visit there because First and foremost, she finally called out what we've been waiting for someone to call out all season, which was like, oh, that's a familiar looking person. (laughs) Like, I don't know who it is exactly, but it's someone. And then obviously when she saw Robin Sandra, she recognized them. But I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was great to see someone that wasn't like, oh, my gosh, Boston Robin Sandra. You remember Sandra, that woman that's won twice that's amazing at this game? Like, yes, we all remember Sandra. Oh, you remember Rob who like basically won twice, but Amber beat him because he worked the perfect final three. Yeah, he's there too. And it was just like, we get it. We get it. We don't need that mystique. I will say, uh, and I don't want to jump ahead of you here, but I really loved the flashback sequences that they had of trying to convince other people and big moves being made because that was kind of her lesson. And clearly she didn't get to see the flashbacks because her story my goodness, was super not helpful to her game. She wound up being the people on the other end of those flashbacks, like 
not the legendary players, but the ones who were being played by the legendary players. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I saw some people joking on Twitter that those that whole sequence was basically just an advertisement for season 40 snuck into the middle of the episode. But ah, man, I don't know where to start with this visit. It was something else. Like you mentioned or alluded to at least, the lesson this week was the art of persuasion. And yet again, I felt like not much to teach here. No. Uh, they laid out these, I think, three different scenarios where in you either have to understand their motivation and line up what they want with what you want, start rumors, which was just like kind of thrown out there, <laughs> or Sanders do thing. what we call a this for that, which most humans call a trade. <laughs> and I found funny because Nora really latched onto that as like, I'm going to do a this for that. And even when they were interviewing her, trying to convince her fellow tribe mates to do something, she was just like, well, I tried to throw the this for that at them and it didn't work. She, yeah. So she, like everyone else, has been offered, you know, the advantage and hers was a uh, vote nullifier, not an idol nullifier as Carl famously had, but a vote nullifier. And all she had to do was convince her tribe to let her in the next immunity challenge, which was a fun one. We always talk about this. We love when they blindfold people and like have them run around and lead people in and people inevitably walk into things. But all she had to do was go back and convince her tribe, hey, let me be the caller. And then she comes up with some story of like, guys, I have an advantage, but you can't know the advantage unless you tell me that I get to do exactly what I want to do in the next thing. But if you don't tell me, then the producers have told me I'm not allowed to say anything. You know, even that would have made more sense. I don't know if she was like, well, produce productions that I couldn't tell you, which probably would have helped her case. But it was just, it was awful. There was like, have you ever played that game where you're trying to fill up a bucket of water? but there's like 75 holes in it and you just keep trying to plug a different hole and then you like pull a finger off. Like it was, it was bad. She's just not convincing. These were her exact words. Basically just say, yes, we unanimously decide that Nora can pick the role to do. And then I get to tell you the whole detail and you'll see that's why I need that role. That makes sense. And that's, you'll see that's why you need that makes no sense. Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, and it was like this weird thing where surely I, I was surprised that we didn't see people's response to her when she kind of revealed what was happening because she said, okay, unanimous, cool. And then was like, now I can tell you it's a challenge where there's a blindfolded person or it's a challenge where there's someone leading blindfolded people around. And I have to imagine everyone's reaction in that moment was like, yeah, we know that challenge. We've watched Survivor before. And... Not only that, like, talk about pulling off a trade or persuading people. Like, she knew what the next challenge was and thereby gave her tribe a huge advantage of knowing what the next challenge was before they went. And they still, like, I feel like she could have used that. I mean, they did win, and I wonder if it's partially because they were prepared for what was coming. But, like, wouldn't you try to use that and be like, hey guys, I know what the next challenge is and I'll tell you if you let me. Or is that too much of a power move? (laughs) I think that's too much of a power move when obviously she's on the bottom. But also knowing that challenge is coming up 
I don't think it's going to help you prepare unless you figure out like a like a secret language, like a hidden language. I don't know, like specific steps, but it just showed her trying to lead because they were like, well, let's practice. Oof. And she was awful at it. She's like, walk towards me. And they're like, you're going to be behind us. And she's like, okay, well, just turn left, right. I mean, right, left. No, now uh, walk towards, towards me. me. Yeah. And everyone's <laughs> like, we can't, we're blindfolded. We don't know where you are. So it, it was bad. She had a bad story that was unconvincing and she definitely appeared like she was going to be bad the next day which I think led to probably the funniest moment of this entire Island of the Idols culmination thing. It was just perfectly edited and perfectly constructed as a story because it was told in a way where, as a viewer, we didn't even think that anyone else would take that role. At least I didn't in the moment where you're just kind of like, I guess they think she has to do it because of what she said, but you could also see how skeptical they were. I think there was even a point where Jamal was like, wait, so explain what just happened? And she was like, no, I'm it now. Yeah. He was <laughs> like, like, well, tell me why you have to be the one that does it. Because also the way she worded it was like, I, I get to pick a role. And she didn't say which one. So then after that, there was all that confusion of like, wait, wait, does it have to be the caller? Or you could have just picked any role. And it was just like, it was so poorly told. But then that moment where they turned to Jeff and he says, you have one extra member who you're going to sit out. And they look <laughs> at each other and Lauren goes, Nora. And she's like, what? <laughs> and you could tell that they were just like testing Jeff basically. Like, does, does she actually have to do this now? And he was mm-hmm. like, all right, Nora, sit out. And she was just, just distraught. And man, was it funny. I don't know. Does she lose her vote no matter what her next tribal is? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's the next tribal council or the next one that she attends. But why didn't she go back and say, yeah, it was a three urns thing. You know, keep that lie going. And then the next day, all she has to do is say, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a good shot caller. I'm a good shot caller. And even if she's terrible, she got the role of being the shot caller and, like, succeeded. So, I don't know. She didn't, she just, she didn't think through it. And... As I was alluding to there, what I liked about this from a production standpoint is it was like showing us all the information we needed, but not heavily leaning in one way or the other. So that when like that quote unquote blindside moment happened where she got surprised, like all the pieces just clicked together and it wasn't like an audience blindside or it wasn't like completely misleading. It was just like satisfying. It was so satisfying. Yeah, it was survivors done really good at storytelling this season you cannot take that away and it's it's got an interesting cast we said there's not a loud cast so maybe they had to feature nora who's been one of the louder people but i i think it's the way they're telling stories and the way they're letting us know people has been really effective um up to this point like this episode told i think three or three different storylines but it did it really well yeah, so before we move on to the other ones, I want to, and we could make fun of her terrible lie all day, but I want to talk about some of the practicality of it because we mentioned a few weeks ago that Angelina from season 37, I believe, tweeted mm-hmm. that people on this season had told her, you're not allowed to talk about Rob and Sandra when you go back to camp. And other people have kind of avoided the question in interviews. Uh, Vince, in an interview last week, said... 
in response to the question, could you have told the truth about what you saw on the Island of the Idols? He said, ah, you're putting me in a hard ass place. I don't know if I can answer that. Mm, That totally sounds like they don't want you to tell about Rob and Sandra. And it kind of helps explain almost how, how bad a lot of these lies are where they are forced to not say certain things in their lie. Mm -hmm. And like, there's literally no reason for Vince to have answered a question that way unless he was alluding to the fact that he's being forced to lie in a specific way, which lends a little bit of support for Nora in this hard time. But like, obviously her lie was still outrageously terrible, but, but I don't know that that's a good thing for this show. I think this show has survived as long as it has because there's never been a story in TMZ that's like, Hey, guess what? Survivor was bringing McDonald's to these people. Like production is usually staying out of it other than all the insane tribe swaps and immunity idols, Mm -hmm. but they're not usually dictating things this specific that are like, you're not allowed to say this as far as I know. And that is a little bit of a dangerous game to play, I think. And it's, and it's proven to be unfair in this season where people have gone to the Island and then been voted out like immediately. Yeah, that's a great point because it it doesn't feel like CBS or whatever is trusting in the game anymore. And you know what? Maybe if we did see a watered-down version um, that we keep asking for, we'd be like, oh, this is boring. But I'm not convinced of that. And you're right. Like To be told, hey, um, good luck. You have a 20-minute boat ride. Uh, come up with a good lie of what's really island of the idols like we're not allowing you to be honest with your tribe so you're gonna go and like you said that's a big disadvantage you don't get to be a part of a lot of conversations and you can get voted out just like vince i wonder if they're allowed to talk to each other like if kelly can go up to nora now and be like how crazy is it that rob and sandra are here (laughs) or if we're not allowed to see those conversations. I don't know. It just raises too many questions for me that I don't like to be thinking about when I'm just watching these people play. Yeah, I don't... It just doesn't feel good to know that Survivor's meddling that much. Obviously, there's no way to stop uh, Kelly and Nora from talking about it, like, off-screen, or if nothing's off-screen, like, they just don't have to show it in the edit. But it, it feels a little too much like meddling to me to really like it. Well, anyway, moving off of that for now, speaking of meddling, we can talk about the Lyro tribe because that's where all the action happened this week. And it was basically a group of people who wanted to meddle with things and a group of people who did not. And I would say the former group definitely won out because, uh, pretty out there move was made i would say yeah you got to see you still get to see the karishma drama as it were i don't want to belittle that situation but people people are making moves and we've talked about this the last few seasons. our moves being made too early and are all the big dogs going home and I don't I don't want this season to be that, but it's starting to feel a little bit like anyone who has an ounce of control is going home. Well, here's my thought is I don't think the lack of a blindside 
is equal to the lack of a move. I think voting Karishma out is a move. I think it's a move that makes way more sense. You know a tribe swap's coming, and you know she hates everyone and is going to flip as soon as she can. So why would you not vote her out if you're going to talk about any facet of the game, like challenges, trust? It's just so early. I, I actually think, like, my overall thought after watching this episode and the last few also is just that survivor strategy i mean we can debate the show and the entertainment of the show itself but survivor strategy has fully jumped the shark yeah it, it feels like everyone wants to play this game too hard now and what they're ultimately doing like you're saying they're not making the basic moves and then playing with people to get blindsides it's it doesn't nothing feels like a blindside to me Everything's being shown as a blindside, but no one feels comfortable enough for there to be a blindside. We had a talk of two, well, one power couple got talked about, and then it almost looked like they were being pitted against a different power couple in Missy and Aaron, but, like, why weren't they ever shown as being a power couple? You know, it just feels, the storytelling's great, but sometimes it just feels a little bit manipulative. Well, it feels like they're trying to give you justification for something that doesn't have any real justification in reality. Because even I thought Chelsea's interviews today were kind of revealing where she sounded still upset and annoyed because the vote didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And one of her quotes was, I feel like I was playing with a bunch of clowns. I'm not even bitter, but it's just people that have the case of big move-itis. That move, I knew a couple episodes you might watch and be like, wait, they left out a lot of info. I don't know how that person went home, but they really didn't leave anything out. Like that happened right before Tribal and there's no rational explanation for that move. There really isn't. I would love to hear how this was a good move from anyone. (laughs) So like she's not backing down and I don't think I disagree with her. Well, that's the thing. Everyone's like, well, her and Dean, they're this power couple, but what show are they running? It's just two people who are staying warm and sleeping together and, and hanging out. By and her account, you know it I'm was saying? one night. It's not, yeah, it's not like they had this long-running dictatorship where, you know, we're the king and the queen and the jack and whatever they were talking about earlier. It was nothing like that. It was just two people who were being friendly. Maybe they were starting to enjoy each other's company. Like, I didn't But she said see she them. would switch who she slept with, like, every night, basically. Well, that's strategy in itself. But, like, I didn't see her starting, like, an uprising. Or I didn't see her, like, trying to get her troops in line. I just saw her out there playing the game. And, like, personalities are naturally going to be drawn to specific personalities. You know what I'm saying? Just because you're cutting out some people doesn't mean you hate that person. It just means you're more drawn to hanging out with this other person. And that that's really all it looked like but then you start flipping it around and like well we can get rid of charisma at any time or we can get rid of elaine who apparently knows nothing which makes me sad or like it, well, we can talk it about just that. seemed it seemed arbitrary it, it didn't seem like well but don't you think reason. that it's just like we need to find any reason we can to target somebody else so like like chelsea actually said in her interviews today that i should have squashed that there was a perception about that being a thing But when two people of the opposite sex who are single talk, I don't know, it's whatever. My advice to any future survivors out there is realize that people are not logical on the island. If you're a girl and you're single, just go out there and say you have a boyfriend. 
So <laughs> that like says a lot about the dynamics of this show and like how quickly people will look for any reason to target someone. And I mean, we you can talk about the gender politics of like, they're a power couple, so let's vote out the woman. But that's a whole different conversation probably. <laughs> I think like it just felt like a bad move in most respects. It happens to be a good move because she had an immunity idol, but none mm-hmm. of them knew that. It just felt illogical, and I feel like they're going to pay for it potentially with how things swap out now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just don't understand. This is what I was thankful for. What were you thankful for, Ty? When she went and Dean didn't go, if you ask me, Dean has not done anything positive, but I have him in my final three. So <laughs> when Chelsea went, I was like, oh, Survivor Gods are watching out for me. They might not be watching out for Chelsea, who's done nothing wrong, but they're Didn't watching out for me. Dean get weirdly debonair and like cocky and tribal all of a sudden? From what we've seen, yes. But like, like you said... He, he like crossed his legs and was like sitting with his hands on his knees and he was like, sorry, thanks for playing. And it was just like <laughs> a different person than I had seen the rest of the time. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been really silent, and I just don't know who's running that team. It, it feels like Aaron and Missy, but not for long. Yeah, things are swapping soon. To touch on what you were saying about Tribal, there was a lot of things happening with the dynamics and people saying different things. Karishma basically doing everyone's least favorite Survivor thing, which is just fully giving up. And just being like, nobody wants to talk to me. All I can hope for is praying to the survivor gods. And then Missy just like owning her. Yeah. And being like, all of us are playing equally and she's just getting lapped. And it was just... (laughs) And then Missy also with the fairly wise quote of, we don't know these people and yet we're literally lying in the dirt like dogs together. So like we're family but we're also complete strangers yeah and i i think that is one of the greatest things that you can take away from what's happening on this show because i mean we've had several cast members on here and we've talked to people and it does start to feel like a family at least that's what they say but i don't know if this tribe is to that point and i don't know i don't know how close this tribe is now that the game is over I have no idea, but well, I it sounds like there was no love a lost. A lot of people are not happy with each other because yeah, people Chelsea are getting said, sent home for no reason. Chelsea said she did not care for Missy, and not in those words, but she was asked if there was anyone she didn't like, and she was basically like, "Well, there's one person." <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'd be mad too. I mean, you basically got fooled for no fault of your own, and you were just. You had a, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of misinformation or, you know what? On the flip side, CBS and Survivor could be showing us the best they can come up with, but everything is so nonsensical that they're like, how do we how do we knit a storyline? Yeah, like, I thought it, they I don't did know a what's pretty good job of showing us all the things that could have happened in Tribal. Mm-hmm. I felt fairly confident in, like, whichever way this goes, I won't be totally upset. Although Chelsea was definitely the least optimal scenario from a storytelling perspective. Yeah, it, it made the least amount of sense, but I just, I get a weird feeling that they don't have a lot to work with editors-wise. And I, 
I don't know what to do with that. I think we touched on this talking about what a blind side is, but I question whether blind sides are at all what they used to be when kind of no one knows what's happening 10 minutes before they leave for tribal and then they all just kind of decide on something. Mm-hmm. And obviously the vote was pretty unanimous and this was one of the interesting subplots of that with Elaine where Sandra had that line of like, she never knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she's ever been on the wrong side of the vote either. So I'm like, maybe she's playing dumb. <laughs> Point being that like, I can't tell whether these people are terrible at this or good at that specific moment. Even even if they're even if I disagree with their ultimate decisions, like I can't tell if they're playing people in the moment or not, or if they're all just kind of randomly coming together. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to tell. I feel like so Sandra is famous for having the anyone but me mentality, and that's what it feels like. There's no unified alliance. There's nothing bigger than like a pair of two that can rope people in for that individual vote. But it doesn't feel like this is the old days of here's our solid five. Here's our solid six. Here's our solid four. Even it just feels like there's lots of different people running around with lots of different ideas. And 10 minutes before tribal, your idea might flip and you just have to go with what was said to you. And of course, tribal wouldn't have happened if they didn't lose that immunity challenge. I, I, I did want to, for the second week in a row, Ty, I wanted to talk about the immunity challenge because for the second week in a row, I was very entertained by it. I thought it was a really good, compelling challenge, and Jason and Elizabeth did a great job leading the way. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, Elizabeth yelling at Dean because he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just go over this. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, no, that's under. You have to go back over, then you have to go under, then you have to go under again. And, like, Dean just continues to disappoint me. I'm sorry, Dean. (laughs) You might be a great person, but all I need is for you to make it to final three. If playing dumb is the way to do it, keep doing it. But yeah, the it was really entertaining, and it had like that fake comeback moment, which I absolutely loved. Yeah, it was great. I, I, I was almost really disappointed for Jason in that moment. I thought he had done so well, and I was like, oh no, he's actually going to lose. And I don't know that I remember the puzzle happening in quite that way in that challenge before, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Continuing to be blindfolded, that was really entertaining. Yeah. All right, Ty. Well... It was a fairly straightforward episode as far as all that goes. I think that's all the storylines I wanted to really cover. So are you ready to hit the power rankings? Dude, I think I'm ready. It, like, like you said, it was, it was just straightforward. Things happened and, <laughs> and that's it. Definitely the best 42-minute episode of the season. For sure. All right, Ty. This kumbaya nonsense has gotten us into a hole. So let's get out of it. <laughs> Talk about our power rankings. Who's your number three for this week? Number three, this is probably totally unjustified, but I'm putting Tommy at number three (laughs) because he just seems to be in a great spot, but like he literally had nothing to do. I think he had one line where he's like, there's no way I'm, I'm going to that island. Like why, why would I put that target on my back? So yeah, that was pretty funny watching everyone be like, I would never go. Why would anyone go? And then Nora just immediately like, why is no one going? You idiots. (laughs) yeah um so for that reason tommy number three all right my number three is jamal i think on that particular tribe nothing huge happened with the exception of jason leading them to an immunity win and 
Jamal finding the idol was the direction I wanted to go for them. So I would say he was the third most powerful slash important player in this week's episode. (laughs) For me, number two had to be Missy. And I think that Missy, Aaron, getting things happening, trying to get rid of Dean and then shifting it on to Chelsea, I just... I think she had a strong week strategically. Um, she seemed to be a little bit more vocal than Aaron. I think Aaron is more set in something and she seemed to be a little bit more adaptable. And ultimately, she was on that losing team that we got to see a lot more. But I think that she kind of steered the ship this week. Yeah, I'm being a little stupid because I have two Lyros in my top two and they're outnumbered nine to seven, I think, at this point. But Missy is my number one. I think... She just made it happen, and although I disagree with the strategy behind the vote, yeah, it was pretty powerful move. So she really barreled her way to uh, making it happen, and I will make her my number one. So who's your number two? My number two is Elizabeth. I think the reason I was impressed by Elizabeth is I felt like there was a stealthy little showing of watching how she was playing the different sides of what was happening, and... I was impressed by her kind of willingness to just go with what was told, to talk behind the scenes with other people, and to really make sure that she was never the target of any conversation and always more or less agreeing with who she was talking to while still allowing herself the freedom to make a decision she needed to make. And it just seemed like adept gameplay. Yeah, she's definitely in the middle but never in danger, Um, which we always talk about is a really good spot to be. Especially now. For me, especially now since no one's in the middle, no one's on the top, no one's on the bottom. So (laughs) you keep doing whatever you're doing, Elizabeth. For me, number one, you already mentioned it, number three, I have Jamal. My winner pick. For the simple reason, he found an idol. Not like it's helped this season. Two people have now gone home with idols in their pockets, but he found an idol. And he wasn't on the losing team. And I I know we only get to see the losing team for half the episode, but... He's on the winning team. You can't knock that. <laughs> that that's, I mean, he might be on the bottom of the winning team is what the edits making us think, but he's still on the winning team. So for that, Jamal got my number one this week. I think Dean should have been my true number one for this week just because of that <laughs> am- amazing bro quote that he had when they were sort of asking him if he liked Chelsea. And he said, yeah, man, she can hang in there with the boys. <laughs> She's a bro. Bro. You gotta love a girl who can hang in there with the boys. Go out and hit some brewskis. Do a little keg stand for us. Are you a New Yorker living in Florida making fun of Bostonians? I don't know what accents I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, she's got to uh, come, come smoke the weed with us. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's conjecture um, from Taylor P. Gaines, not Tyler B. Commons. <laughs> Oh, I'm not accusing anything. Also, weed's legal most places. That's what I'm saying. It's just conjecture from you. Oh, Ty. Doing that bit was definitely my plan Z. My plan Z is to catch some Zs. Cording a little late tonight. Just make sure you don't sleep next to anybody too dangerous. Yeah, that's it, Ty. That's all we got. It was... It was such a basic episode. I would love for your Hashtag somebody, basic. Somebody tweet at us. Tell us what you're thinking thus far of the season I, i'm entertained yeah check in it doesn't feel like there's as much substance you know we, all, we we've been complaining the last few years 
about Survivor getting a bad look, but with that bad look kind of being thrown out, episodes are boring and straightforward. What are, we're never going to win. Well, you said it, Ty. Oh, what do you say we hit the hay? Let's do it. Thanks All right. Thank listening. you, everyone. Oh, wow. Look at us. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, I had fun. Uh, fun. On the island. Uh, <laughs> I'm Tyler B. Commons. I mean... I'm Taylor P. Gaines. Wow. We are just on fire, so... Talk to you in the morning. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.